Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Pregnant ladies and little kids better get the hell out of the way because I'm running. I'm just, I'm like Forrest Gump, dude. I am running. So the Titanic was the biggest ship on the ocean, but that didn't mean it was unsinkable. I want you each to use ombudsman in a sentence next week. I got one for you. My name is Kevin, the official ombudsman of the Podcast. You like apples? All right, welcome back to another episode of the Just Press Play pod. Joined as always by the two amigos. I got Pops and what LJ up? with me. What's what's going on, guys? Woo woo! Not much. What's up? Well, Loving Kind of trying to recover, get back into everyday life. You know, I spent the the weekend at Hangout Fest out in Gulf Shores. It was amazing, but ran a little ran a little hard and now it's time to get nice. back into a, a normal normal life again and and then now now we're back with the guys so <laughs> ready to fire up another episode by the way i want to let everyone sure. know out there with this podcast the jpp is brought to you as always by one of our best friends over there and that's seat geek if you're looking for any tickets to an event or a concert or game Stand up, anything you're looking for, SeatGeek has the tickets and they will take the confusion out of your ticket buying experience. Instead of shopping for dozens of sites to try to find the best deal, SeatGeek will do the work for you. They scan all of the interweb for all the best deals to your favorite games, concerts, and shows, and then rank them for you. They'll give you a red dot for bad deals, a yellow dot for that's an okay deal, and then a green dot for, you know, go ahead and buy that ticket up right now. And right now, if you hit the promo yes, code in there, A-C-A-A at checkout, you can receive $20 off your first purchase. So hit that concert up and get the, the first round of beers, if it's just two, don't, if, as long as it's not too many beers. The first round can be on the JPP pod. So Seat Geek license event, we have the tickets. All right, Pops, we got to get into. I haven't got to watch all of the playoffs over the weekend, but – the Warriors, part of the finals has now been set. Half the finals are there, and the Warriors advanced. They swept the Blazers, pour one out for Dame Lillard, and then it looked like they just kind of ran out of energy. But now the question is, yep. are the Warriors better without finals MVP Kevin Durant? I'll just let you go. There's, I mean, there's no way you can take arguably the best player in the NBA off a team and it be better. I mean, that's I can't see how that happens. But – I will say that it looks like they're back to old warrior basketball. The ball is moving around the floor. They're not doing isolations to one player. Draymond Green has picked his game up to another He's level right back that to I have that not Draymond seen in Green a while. That we were like, oh, this guy. He, he, he is back to the glue. I mean, he is the glue that holds everything together. 
And I do think there was a little bit, and I've heard a little talk. I don't think this is an F-U-K-D, anything like that. I didn't realize that was just a four-letter acronym. I was going to say, yeah, that didn't spell anyway, it. Anyway, <laughs> well, I think, I think you can figure out what I'm saying. But some people are suggesting that this is a big middle finger to KD, uh, that, hey, we were good before you got here. We'll be good after you leave, blah, blah, blah. I don't think it's that, but I do think it's, hey, we were a good team. We were an amazing team before KD came, and we can still play that way. And I think that you see the ball moving around, like I say, not getting stagnated. And I actually, I like, it's more fun to watch from a spectator uh, viewpoint because the ball's just flipping around, moving, uh, shots are flying. Um, and, and so, no, are they better without KD? I don't think so. They're, are they a different team? Yes. Are they still a really good team? Maybe the best team in the NBA? Yeah, I think they, I think they probably Just are. Just to, to throw some numbers at you, and these are getting thrown around now, but it, on the Warriors with, with and without Durant in the playoffs this year, the Warriors were seven and four with Durant. And then since Durant uh, has gone down, they have not lost a game. They they're five yeah, and zero, oh, aren't they? They, they, yeah. beat, they beat the Rockets and then they swept the Blazers. And then to even further lament that uh, in the last thirty one games that the Warriors have played with Curry and without Durant, the team is thirty and one. So doing pretty well. And in, in general, when Curry has played and Durant hasn't played, they're in, in total overall they're thirty three and four. So that's better than their seventy three game win pace that they were for the NBA when they broke the record. So I don't. I don't think the the Warriors are better without Kevin Durant because I'm with you, Dad. There's no way you take out possibly the best player in the NBA, an All-Star Finals MVP, maybe the best scorer of all time, and you're better. Mm -hmm. But it kind of invigorates the rest of that roster where with Kevin Durant, it's like you have Klay Thompson who's just – he's now reduced to a role player, and he's just so much better than that. And then you have Steph Curry – that's an excellent point. And then you have Draymond Green, who instead of being this guy who all the, all of a sudden now is initiating offense, he's because when he shines is when he does that. He sets the pick and he rolls, and then that right after he catches the ball, that next decision he makes, whether it's a lob to the rim or whether it's a toss to the corner to Clay Thompson or him making a dunk or floater, they're just. He's so dangerous right there once he comes off the roll. Or, you know, I've really seen him throw that little oop. Yeah. You know, he throws that little oop up to Looney or whoever's on that other side. I love this. Um, and it's what's crazy to me is how fast Dr- Draymond Green is up there with some of the smartest players, I think, in the NBA. Because there's a time where he'll catch that roll, and as soon as they pass him, he'll turn around. There's no way he's been able to scan like, oh, that's Looney. Here's where I need to throw that ball. He just goes oh, the way the defense is rotating, I know the lob is there. I'm just going to put it around the rim. And just the big men know it. I think that team starts reading it, and as soon as they read that, oh, it's there, they just get ready for him to toss that lob up. But what it does, what I've loved Mm. to see now, and this is what you've talked about, I don't think this is the FU to Kevin Durant at all. But I do think all of a sudden Durant went down and people started going, you know, can they beat the Rockets? You know, how dangerous is the next series without Kevin Durant? And all of a sudden, you had Kevin, you had Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala. You know they looked around the room like, didn't didn't we as a core win seventy three games? We, didn't we win a finals? <laughs> didn't we beat LeBron and them? I think we can be okay. Right. And so this is their kind of proving. Yeah, we're still really good. 
And then it opens up as far as the fun to watch offense you you brought up. And all of a sudden now, I think when you have Kevin Durant, it's 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 an asset to have a guy where if things get stagnant, you can just throw him the ball and say, "Here, go get us a bucket." And go he does it a bucket, lot of times. Right, yeah. But all of a sudden that had that means Curry's <laughs> standing in the corner, Clay Thompson's standing in the corner. Where now all of a sudden we're getting that back to that Curry. Where and there's an awesome. I'll put it in the show notes. There's an awesome video from last night's game where someone kind of clipped an offensive possession and said Steph Curry is. I I don't think this is a word, but it was perfect for what he was saying. Is defatigable, and it's back to Curry just running all over the place. And he's as soon as he passed it, he sprints Mm -hmm. to the corner, and then he actually got an offensive rebound, passed it out to Clay, sprinted to the next corner. He just that ball's popping all over the place, and Clay's running around. And now it makes when that ball starts popping around and you're trying to recover and guard those guys. Now Looney is that much better because no one you you can't guard everyone on the court. And now we're seeing that 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 kind of Popovich Spurs basketball where it's popping all around and you can't guard it. And it's awesome to watch. I can't wait. And I think what this does, I think it might make it a mutual thing. Oh, by the way, let me. I wanted to bring up that Curry in this four games that Durant's not playing. I think he scored 37, 36, 35, 37. So he's right back. To, this is back to 2015 MVP Curry where he won a unanimous MVP and he's really good. And I think this brings up the thing where Kevin Durant's not going to leave after this offseason out of spite. I think maybe he looks at Curry and then he goes, you know, it's real fun. A three-peat was good. I appreciate winning the championships, but I want to go try to do something really cool somewhere else and be try to make my legacy great. And y'all do this awesome thing that y'all have going I Y'all all go get paid, win, try to win titles, and let's just see what we can do. I think it's a, it, I think it'll be a mutual parting where it's no hard feelings. I do too, because you hear them after the game. I do none too. None of them go, yeah, we're trying to prove something. They're like, no, we can't wait to get Kevin back. I mean, we can't wait to get the Finals MVP right. back in our lineup, and he's been an awesome teammate. And I, I think they, I think it's going to be a mutual thing. I, I, I just, yeah. I it's I do I agree with you, Kevin, because that he moves, that means Clay gets paid. Now they got some salary cap, you know, that they can give, and Clay needs to get paid. And and you're right, Clay has become uh, the player that he was, and he was reduced in his role. So you know, now you almost made me with some of the things you were saying. Maybe in a way, they are a better team because they're just more. They're more who they were. It's it's a different team. Like I say, I don't. I, I hate to say better, but it's. It's reinvigorated them, and I think that's what you were getting to to prove what they can do and what they can be. And their the motion offense is so much more uh, there to see, and it's so much more fun to watch. And I think KD's I I really kind of like the thought of him going somewhere like New York and getting Kyrie and Anthony Davis or something, and maybe them coming back. And I'd love to see a showdown between. KD and his his group against yeah. this Warrior team. I think that sounds really, really interesting. Well, and I think to your point, uh, Seth Curry, actually, the the other Curry brought up an, a, a fascinating point after the series ended where he was saying they're harder to guard without Kevin Durant, but they're not better without Kevin Durant. And at first thought, that was like, that didn't make any sense. But what he's saying is, Without Durant, like if you remember when LeBron and Kyrie came back from that 3-1 deficit to beat him in the finals, the mm-hmm. way they beat him, and if you've ever seen in the in this Warriors run, the only time they've had trouble is when you make games really, really ugly, less possessions, maybe don't score 100. You keep the game under 100 points, those 90 to 91 games. And yeah. when you get them really ugly, now the, the Warriors need to throw the ball to, to a guy to score. And Curry's a little smaller. You can kind of you know beat him up a little bit. Clay, while he can score at an, a great rate, 
He's not just the best ISO guy. So when you have a guy, when a game gets really ugly and you have a guy like Kevin Durant, now you can play both styles of basketball. So I don't think they're a better team, and that's what Seth Curry was saying. But all of a sudden when that ball's popping around and Clay does happen to get three threes in a row and Green hits a three and now Quinn Cook made a three and there's Stephen Curry out there, now they're unguardable. And so I don't, they're not a better team because I think Durant is the second best player in all of basketball right now this year, active player, but mm-hmm. they are harder to guard. And I'm, I think the NBA is going to be more fun next year if Kevin Durant leaves and this team now gets to, and a shout out to Draymond Green, who the story before the offseason, and we were not that long ago, three, three or four weeks ago, we were thinking Draymond Green looks like it's already on the downturn for him. And the GM, Bob Myers, went to Draymond Green. He's like, look, we're going to need you to be old, Draymond Green. Like, we're going to need you to get back to your, your old ways for us to really hit that level again. And Green said, yeah, I know. I have a, a, a plan. I'm going to lose 20 pounds and get back to me. And you can tell now he, he lost some weight, and he gets that rebound off the rim and just starts sprinting down the court as soon as he gets it. And yes, now the break's does. opened up, and that team on the break, they can do anything once they get on the break. And so I think they're going to come back. They'll probably win the finals again this year. And now they're going to spend the offseason going, all right, let's – like Jerry Green's going to want to come in shape, and they're going to want to get back to old Warrior basketball and use that money. Like like you said, Clay Thompson needs to get paid, but he doesn't want to leave – like I, I bet it would be a conundrum for him because he doesn't want to leave Golden State. He wants to stay there, but he also does need to get paid. So Kevin Durant leaves, use that money, yeah. pay Clay Thompson, pay Draymond Green, and then go get some role players, get deeper, and let's run this thing back. And hopefully Kevin Durant meets him in the finals. That'd be so cool. Hey, one other thing on the Warriors before you leave them is that I think uh, Looney has made himself some yeah. money. He has turned in to a hell of a player. And I, I think he's smart. He plays – I, I I'm telling you, he he's he's made some money for himself. I don't know if he's going to be on the Warriors, but somewhere that man's made himself well, and, some money. And nothing and really else. Into that's where player. I think Steve Kerr gets. It, I think he's smart as a coach, but also what what he learned from Phil Jackson, I think, is teaching guys how to really play in their role. And that's where Looney's at right now. He knows exactly what his role is, and he plays it so well. And you're right, I, he he's made himself. I think a $10 million plus dollar contract a year now. He's going to get paid for four years, $40 million. And shout out to him. Go get your money. Win a championship and go get your money. I love it. I do want to pour do one too. out for the Trailblazers, though. I know a lot of people were like, and everyone was saying they could give the Warriors a run for their money. They still did kind of give the Warriors a run for their money. They were up by 10-plus in three games in a row and lost them. They sh- they got beat 4-0, I know, Kevin. But Come I, on now. I think, I think – <laughs> They played a good series and they were good, but I, I think finally what happened was to make it as far as they did, they should be proud of their season because to lose Nurkic, who if you didn't watch the Trailblazers before that injury, he was their third best player. At times, he was actually their second best player because McCollum was having a down year. And for them to rebound and play so good, they they beat the Warrior or the Trail the Thunder as an underdog in the first round. I I think a lot of people thought the Thunder would win that series. I think me and you said that they beat them and then. Mm-hmm. They beat the Nuggets as an underdog. I think most people, me and you, kind of picked the Nuggets. And they two games, game six and seven, where they had their backs against the wall and to beat the Nuggets. And they didn't just get they didn't just fold and get crushed by the Warriors by 34 games in a row. Like they it, it was a gentleman sweep, if you can say that at 4-0. Like they they played tough. And I think they just ran out of gas. A gentleman I th- sweep. I think Lillard just ran out of gas. He looked, he was I think he got banged up, but he looked a little hurt. And the rest of that roster, you just started to finally see. Al Farouk Aminu can't be your third best player and beat the Warriors. Uh, Mo Harkless can't be your third. 
Ennis Cantor can't be that important to you and you beat a Warrior team. No, no, no doubt. No doubt. I think Denver would have been a better yeah. matchup, quite frankly, with, with Golden State. Um, but anyway, it's the way it worked out. Portland played well. They'll be back and do well. But uh, Golden State is still the class of the NBA, even without the best player in the and then NBA. The, the, I, this puts the spotlight now on the next series. And we probably won't talk too much on it because by the time we're recording this as of Tuesday night. So by the time this comes out, I think game four and five will have been played. So the, it could, the series could have a whole different outlook. But Kawhi versus Giannis, the, in game three, they, the Raptors finally put Kawhi on Giannis. And Giannis had a tough game, scored 12 yeah, Made, a difference. 12 points Made a difference. Made a difference. Kawhi stepped up and played big. That was an awesome double overtime game, and that series is going to be fantastic. You're, I think you just got two stars who both want to prove they're better, and the teams are good. The home crowds have been awesome. I'm excited to watch that. I think whichever one wins, I don't really think they have a shot at beating the Warriors, but you never know. You know, if Giannis can be Giannis or Kawhi could be the best player on the court. LeBron has shown us if the best player on the court's on your team, you have a shot at least. So you have a shot, right? So that's uh that's our talking NBA talk for for now. Uh, did you guys know, El? OTAs started up in the NFL. It, the NFL season, we're getting there. You know, they're showing I up. The I, I noticed something. All I noticed right. something today where if your team's getting talked about at this point, at this juncture in the off season, it's probably not a good thing. It's a bad sign. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I was, yeah. I was so happy to know that. Like I turned on uh, get up. And I wanted to see what their kind of teases were, what stories they were going to talk about. And same with first take. The fact that Jared Jones and the Cowboys didn't get mentioned at all, I was like, that is great news for the Cowboys. Like, you just don't. <laughs> and there is a little yeah. thing where Ezekiel Elliott's going through, I think, something where he may have gotten in an altercation mm-hmm. in Las Vegas or something. Apparently, the NFL said they're not yep. worried about it. But it, it just brought me to the I, – I came to the realization, I was like, yeah, if you're, if you're talking about uh, – Team X right now, usually you're talking about something they're doing wrong. And it's negative. That yeah. brought me to I think that I don't know what the teams in New York are doing, but I think they're both trying to like outdo each other as far as just <laughs> just shitting all over themselves because New York, <laughs> the, the, the Giants did their thing where they they're like yeah. Tormund, huh? Somebody shit in their pants. <laughs> I mean, they, the, the, the Giants. They paid Odell Beckham a ton of money and then traded him. And then they tra- they drafted a quarterback really early. And then a lot of people were upset with it. And did you see there's a picture of them at OTAs, Daniel Jones and Eli Manning. And it's it's really hard to tell which one is which. And I think the Giants may have just drafted Daniel Jones because he looked like a Manning. They both had their kind of silly looks where their mouths were open and their helmet looked the exact same. And they looked mm. identical. But the Giants are not to be outdone. Mm. Because the Jets came through and their their CEO, Christopher Johnson, decided to – they had a GM. They let him not only do all of the draft, scout and do all of the draft, then they let him spend the $101 million they had in free agency on Le'Veon Bell and C.J. Mosley and, and a few other players. And then after he did all that, they decided, okay, now we're firing you and letting someone else run the ship. I don't know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> like, what's his name? I think Bill Parcells used to say – to be successful, he needed to uh, he needed to buy the groceries, do the shopping, and also get to do the cooking too. Like you got to let one guy mm-hmm. do it all. The, mm-hmm. the the Jets let 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 uh Mike McCagnan, who was the GM, go to the grocery store, do all the shopping, <laughs> and then fired him before they even started cooking. They hadn't even fired up the oven yet. They fired him, and now and then Adam Gase, who I I don't really know how that worked. I don't know if McCagnan hired Adam Gase, but now Gase is just going on the basically there's a power struggle between the two, and Gase said that. <laughs> 
He didn't get to choose any of the draft picks. He didn't actually like the signings they made, which why would you, as the head coach, yeah. you're basically saying, I, I don't He's, think we should have paid the linebackers. That's on my team. <laughs> that you're now locked into for yep. four years. I don't think we should have paid Le'Veon Bell, who's on my team yep. for four years. So I don't know what the Jets are doing. That's trouble. But yeah. Boy, you're right. right. Not to be outdone <laughs> by the New York Giants. Here come the Jets. <laughs> I just uh, – there, there's no telling what's going on no. there. And then the gift that just mm. keeps on giving is LJ's favorite player in all of, in, in all of the NFL – and that has been Roethlisberger, who has been on the apology. <laughs> Got to be Big B. He's been on yeah. the apology tour all week. Uh, earlier, I think it was Monday morning, he did a TV interview where basically he apologized to a- Antonio Brown and said that a lot of the comments he made in different interviews, he shouldn't have been bashing teammates. I, Sounds like I've heard LJ no, say something no. similar to that. Uh <laughs> He said he shouldn't have been so so critical of him, and he wishes he could apologize. And then Antonio Brown responded. I, we don't know for sure if it was a response, but he just had a two-word tweet that said Two-Face. <laughs> and then today, as of Tuesday, Antonio Brown was talking to some media after OTAs, and he basically went again and said it's hard to process. He, he basically said that Antonio Brown has ghosted him ever since. He hasn't talked to him since the last Thursday before the last game. And he said that it seemed good. They hugged and they they kind of talked about some things, some issues they had, but everything seemed good. And since he's tried to reach out to apologize to Antonio Brown, and Antonio Brown won't take any calls, won't won't uh, won't listen to his apology. So it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like Roethlisberger's doing the same kind of behavior that led to their first deteriorated relationship in the first place, where he threw him under the bus, and now he's throwing him under the bus again, saying, yeah. "I tried to apologize, but he won't let me. I'm trying to be bigger, but he won't let me be the bigger you one." Know- I, I'm, I may be biased. It's possible that I'm biased. But like – Maybe. What I'm taking – I feel like I'm taking Antonio Brown's side on this and knowing all that we know is something that I just would not do. So um, I, I feel like either I'm biased or Ben Roethlisberger is way wrong about the way that he handles everything in his life. Um, yeah. And so – LJ, that's a good point. I think I'm tending to take AB's t- side yeah. of this, and that should tell yeah. you something. Which wow. is crazy because Antonio Yeah. <laughs> He's nuts. Antonio yeah. Brown, Brown is a nut. I mean, is an just, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> good Lord. Did you see, LJ, mm. you might like this, that uh, a Broncos defensive lineman, Shelby Harris, a couple weeks back was taking credit for the downfall of the Pittsburgh Steelers. No, Did you not. see this? Oh, man, I need to get to New Jersey. Well – <laughs> yeah. So in the the final minute of the Broncos 24-17 win over the Steelers in on I think it was November 25th, I think I, that was what I read. Uh they they had an interception where Brown threw a ball or R- Rodsberger got rushed by Shelby Harris and threw yeah. an interception. Yeah. And one of the defensive player one of the players for the Steelers said that yeah, that's where it kind of all started happening because Ben Roethlisberger may have blamed someone. And yeah. then that's, yeah, I think, I the next week you went the on the interview week, and yeah. said someone should have ran their route better. Yep. And so someone asked that's Shelby right. Harris about it, and he NFL Network was. They were like, do you deserve any credit for the Steelers slide? And he said, yeah, you know what? I think I, I'm the reason this <laughs> happened. And then he was joking. He was laughing and joking about it. I was like, clearly someone else, you know, I, I was just doing my part. But it was a, a big def- – like our whole defense deserves credit. But So – it's kind of the way the circle of life, you know, LJ hates Big Ben and the Steelers. And the reason they finally deteriorated was because the Broncos. Yep. 
The Broncos started yeah. it. Yep. <laughs> it all comes back. <laughs> it all comes back around. Yep. We can't win a playoff mm-hmm. game, but we'll do what we can to ruin my enemies. That's that's all I care about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, switching gears here 100%. But there was a recent poll that went on Twitter, and it was uh, I, it became a little bit polarizing. And I wanted to ask you guys, I'm just going to throw the question out there, and I'll let you go first, Dad. Do you wash your legs in the shower? Of course. I mean, uh, yes. I mean, why wouldn't you wash your legs? I wash <laughs> everything in the shower. I mean, I don't have to go body part by body part. No, I, I think, like, I think you can just leave but, it at everything. I think the listeners <laughs> can... Make their own mind. They don't I mean, need any more visuals. Let me say, there, there might be a time when I like worked late, got home, went to bed, get up the next morning, I've not done anything. I mean, I might, you know, do a little quick wash, but still I kind of, I hit everything, you know, briefly. LJ, are you, are you among, are you among the same as dad there as far as wash your legs in the shower? Uh, so, so you asked the question and like a panic struck over me that I've apparently been doing this wrong my entire life because here's, here's what I do is I wash the important bits and uh, the things that retain stink. And, uh, and then the soap runs down my leg and I would think takes care (laughs) of enough to, to be fine. That's, I mean, I do like every now and again, I'll give myself a good scrub, but like generally I assume that like after scrubbing my back and my armpits and you know, all of everything else that like the legs are going to be fine. Like I don't, I don't wash my hands every time I'm in the shower. I kind of feel like that gets done automatically, right? Well, yeah. Well, so that's I mean, that's why the argument caught a blaze on Twitter because someone else was like, "Well, you know, when I wash my whole upper body, water, soapy water now runs down my legs, and then I rinse my legs off to get the soap <laughs> right. off, so they kind of clean." And then other people are like, "No, no, no! If you don't clean, you don't clean your leg. If you don't actually scrub those bad boys, and they still dirty." But the devil's advocate was by scrubbing your legs. The more you do that, you're you're scrubbing minerals away from your body or something, and you're drying out your legs. Well, that logic means don't take baths at all. Like that's well. Now, I sometimes right? there's a weekend when things just get a little, uh, you know, busy, and uh, well, <laughs> you know, I mean, I have this weekend. Okay, so this weekend Uh-oh. we were up at the river. This weekend we were up at the river. I mean, oh, I took Lord. a shower Friday morning, right? Friday morning. And we had guests over that were staying in our guest room where all the towels were. And they went to bed early and slept late. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, no. it was Sunday afternoon before I could take a shower again. And um, sure. that was a little... It felt good to take a shower. I'll just leave it at that. It all felt right, good on Sunday to take a shower. All right, Dad. Yeah. So you say you want... Okay, well, go ahead. Wait, go ahead. Kevin, do you want yeah, to... Yeah, I do. Well, not every time. It kind of, I'm kind of. It depends, kind of where I've been, what I've been doing. So if I'm not really, if I feel like all I did that day was kind of just go to work and maybe watch basketball or something, yeah. I'm kind of in LJ's mindset where you know my legs probably as long I, I kind of want soap to get on them, but you know I kind of wash the important areas and assume yeah. soap kind of went right. where they went. But there's also times where you know, especially over this past weekend when I was in Gulf Shores, you know I've been at the beach, so I made sure to wash everything because I'm oh, yeah. still getting sand out of pockets and sand out somehow sand got in my truck and I didn't even take my truck down there. So I don't know how it happens. So yeah, there's times where I do, I wash more legs than not, but dad, I have a question. Do you wash the bottom of your feet as well? Like, do you scrub the bottom of your feet? Good question. Um, not every time. No. Okay. I do figure Why? there's, but, but, okay. but, um, well, because I guess there's soap in the bottom of the floor and let me just go ahead and come clean too. There's probably a place. Listen, oh, there's probably right. a place. 
Listen to me. There's probably a place in about the middle of my upper back that may not have been washed ever in my life. So, there's just an area I can't get to. So I try to let the soap run down, you know, but I mean, I'm just being honest. Well, I do think, okay, so here's maybe... Here's maybe a definitive why you should wash your legs more thoroughly, though. And, and this is, I guess, really shooting at me more than anybody else. Is like, would you accept eating off of a plate that soapy water had run down and then got rinsed off? I'd rather, I'd rather no, actually, right? yeah, I'd rather mm. clean that. I'd part. like a yeah, little, sure I'd like a little scrubbing. I'd like a little scrubbing to go on that plate. Yeah. A sponge better hit that bad boy. Yeah, so, I would like uh, that. Yeah, so. I want, yeah, I want a sponge to at least touch that thing. Well, but think about this. Think about the sponge that you're washing your plates with that's probably been sitting there above the sink for a month, and it's It's disgusting and falling apart. It's It's terrible. So I don't know. Maybe it'd be better just to let the soap hit it. I don't know. know. to be fair, I actually I, I get rid of sponges more than monthly, like every two weeks or so. I try I to wash all my dishes by hand, so yeah. I don't even have a dishwasher. So it is a lot well, more important that my sponge stays relatively not. That's an interesting point that you guys bring up because I too don't have a dishwasher, and I have like one of those brushes, not a sponge, but like a, oh, it's gross. Like a brush that I, yeah. I put some soap on, and then I kind of uh-huh. brush everything in. It helps me get in cups, you know, and everything. And I uh-huh. have not bought a new one. Oh, let's just Ooh. say in a while. That's- and I Ooh, assume soap, soap's Ooh. on. I put soap on every time. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's clean and dirty dishes. Kevin, oh, Kevin, do you replace you gotten- your toothbrush ever? Do you ever replace your toothbrush? You know, I, I think when I was seven, I replaced it. Once, oh, my gosh. You know, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I replaced the toothbrush when it starts looking a little rude, you know, because the, the, the bristles start going sideways. And you're like, oh, this toothbrush looks like it's time to get a new one. I don't, you know. Kind of well, is this time. weird, too? Like. Your sponge that you use in the kitchen, I'm kind of a big deal. Like, squeeze it out and set it up to dry. Yes, yes. Some, I mean, don't leave it in the bottom of the sink with just water in oh, it all the time. Yeah, because then when you breathes. pick it up, like the next morning, it's like cold water, and that just it's cold. Dirty. It's nasty. And it smells Ugh. like it smells rank. It like picks up smells in the kitchen when it's wet. Like you gotta let it dry out. Hey, when a sponge starts smelling, it's going in the trash. Period. I mean, oh yeah. Well, and that's like if, if ours sits in, in water for like more than an afternoon, it starts to get a little bit of that mustiness. Ooh, it starts to get that's, that, that's gone. It go. gets that smell kind of like after after you like dry off with the towel and don't hang it back up. You just like crumble it up and put it in the floor. <laughs> right, it's that exact smell. smell. Yeah, I know the smell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dad, I hey, feel like uh, what's your What's your address? I need to send you some some scrub brushes. Right yeah, no I kidding. Like that has to have it. Wait, I'm literally wait. on Amazon right now. If you give me your address, I'll send you some. <laughs> well, well, we'll handle this off there. But I do think I need. I do think I need a new a new brush. Like uh, like tomorrow morning. I yeah. think I'm going. No, to the I store. know you need a new brush. <laughs> yes. Well, it looks clean. You know, I do. I do. Oh, so after God. I scrub off something, I do try to like you know kind of run it through the water real good and and get all the soap out and make sure Great. it's clean. Like there's not just like food particles sitting in there. But yeah, probably probably time for a new one. Uh, Dad, I felt like you brought up something before we started recording, and, and now it just seems like a very fitting time, but. Uh, you were going to explain to us how how soap works. I mean, it cleans. Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking so, this really would fit into this subject. Right. Well, you know, because soap, if you if you get a little oil or grease or dirt on your hands, you can rinse your hands under water, and it really does a lot of nothing. You know, because uh-huh. if you think about it, oil and water do not mix, right? If you yeah. if you spill, I mean, they, it floats on top of of the water. That's what so. I heard. What happens is soap yep. has 
has uh, two, the molecule has two different sides. And one end of the soap molecule is attracted to water. That's called hydrophilic. It's attracted to water. The other side of the soap molecule repels okay. water. So it's called hydrophobic. Okay. But interestingly enough, the hydrophobic, hydrophobic and this all has to do with, you know, you, you know, the protons and electrons and molecules are attracted to other molecules that have an electron to give. And I've got one I need to, to, to take, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. Well, what happens yeah, is the hydrophobic uh, end of the soap molecule attaches to the oil. It's attracted. I don't know which one gives or takes the electron, but it it attracts itself to the oil. The hydrophilic part repels the oil because that's that's just what it does. It repels the oil. And so what happens is the hydro, let me get this words right, the hydrophobic part of the soap surrounds the oil and makes it in a droplet and the hydrophilic uh, part of the soap molecule is attracted to the water. So what you have, oh. you wash your hands, you wash your hands and the hydrophobic part gets the oil and attracts it and surrounds it with, with water and the hydrophilic repels it. So you've got droplets of oil surrounded in the soap. And when you rinse off the soap, it all goes away down the drain. Well, that's pretty interesting because I've I've never really thought about okay, it. I just know cool. it cleans, but I've never thought about the process. You know, and it's actually interesting you bring I mean, it's this chemistry. up because it's kind of chemistry. It's interesting you bring this up because I'm I'm almost yeah. like I, I'm partially there to to a nuclear scientist now because I've been watching Chernobyl on HBO, the new show on there about uh, uh, is that good? I'm thinking oh, about watching it. I can't wait to watch it. I can't wait to watch Fantastic. it. Fantastic! I, I, I just want to wait till the series is done so I can binge it. Yeah, I would definitely I'm recommend. But yeah, I've watched I've watched uh, two episodes about to watch the third and i consider myself partially on the track to a nuclear physics so uh, the fact that oh, you're talking protons wow. and neutrons you know right up my alley um <laughs> i was you you bring up soap and that gets me so i'm as i mentioned I, I went off this weekend i went on a little road trip and i went to gulf shores and have you guys ever thought about what's the most like what's the most likely item you are to forget before going on a trip somewhere? Do you have something that comes to your mind at all or toothbrush toothbrush for me? seems like, is that what you think? Um, Toothbrush. Uh, I also forget to bring my computer charger a lot. Um, (laughs) I've seen that. I've actually seen that happen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Actually you're totally right. I don't forget my, I was going to say probably a consensus one was going to be charger. But for me, I'm like LJ. If I, I, there's been multiple trips where I brought my computer, but not the computer charger. And that's just right. not very smart because then I can use my computer for a day. And then now I'm like, well, crap. But sometimes I, I forget deodorant too. And that's something you cannot go without. Uh, yeah. You got go to the store. You got to go buy something. You can brush <laughs> You can brush your teeth with your finger one day. Okay. <laughs> one day. You shouldn't, but you can. Yeah. You should, you but you can. You t-shirt once you're done. Yeah. Actually, you now that you mentioned that. it, dad, that's when I get a new th- toothbrush is usually, I uh, see, I often when you go out of town. Yeah. I go out of town. I'm like, well, oh, crap. I got a new toothbrush. And then when I come back, I'm like, well, you know, I have, probably haven't bought a new toothbrush in a while. I'll throw this one out. Now I have a new one. Hey. Come see me. You know what I do? I buy toothbrushes by the gross. Yeah. I mean, I'm serious. I have Pearl, shout out, free shout out to Pearl Toothbrushes. I get 144 at a time. What? I, y'all come. Dude, yes. Seriously. I, seriously, I get a gross at a time. Thought, when you said a gross, I thought you meant like, I'm kidding. A gross. Ha, ha, ha. No, uh, 12, like, 12, 12, 12 a gross. At, a time, <laughs> no. at the most. No. 
<laughs> I get a gross. You buy 144 toothbrushes. Oh my god! Good God! Y'all come to my house and y'all forget a toothbrush, so I have one for y'all. Dad's, Dad's like I'm, Oprah with Jed toothbrushes. He's just like, you I mean, get you a can, toothbrush. You get a toothbrush. You can you know, seriously we, provide toothbrushes for half of a year before you ran out to random passerby. Do you know what we gave Mama and Papa for Christmas? We gave them a bundle of toothbrushes, and they were happy as they could be. They were happy as they could be. I don't know. Yes. If I don't know if I've bought oh, 144 Lord. toothbrushes in my lifetime, and oh, you buy it every Lord. time you go to the store. Well, hey, next time y'all come, just leave your toothbrushes at home. I got you covered. <laughs> so, so, but on, on, I'm gonna have to borrow a toothbrush to wash my legs. <laughs> you got plenty. <laughs> Uh, Maybe I, I can believe. see if it'll reach that part in my back. You, <laughs> you can use either that or Kevin's scrub brush, which you don't want to use because that will make it dirtier. <laughs> that actually will do the negative part, negative effect to your By back. By the way, my order has been placed. You're going to get two scrub brushes in the next couple of days. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> um, so, but so you forget your most often forget your toothbrush before a trip. Is sure. the same thing? Like, do you do you often forget? things while leaving like so once you're done with your vacation now you're coming home because i do i think there's one item that i think is often forgot and it's not the same as the item that's often forgot when heading to the trip and you leave it at the vacation yeah. spot is what yes. you're saying yes do you have one yes lj you're not in your head what do you got my what, phone yeah, charger what you got i LJ? swear to god i buy a new phone charger <laughs> with every vacation it's a fact <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. dad, so dad, LJ forgets. I'm going to get LJ charger. a gross a phone charger. <laughs> no, every every vacation, LJ is fully stocked on new chargers because he forgot his computer charger, has to buy a new one. But then he forgets his phone charger there yeah. and has to buy a new one when he gets back. So yeah. when he gets back, he's got two new chargers. Yeah, you know how like uh, people don't know what it like feels like for your pen to run out of ink because you or like your chapstick to run out. I don't know what it feels like for a phone charger to stop working. They're just gone well before that. <laughs> Point. <laughs> oh good god see for me so, wh- for me what is it kevin pillows i often bring a pillow to the trip and it's a lot of times to sleep in a car or okay. I, I like to bring a pillow just in case you know because like so we were going to a condo where there was multiple people staying and there was a bedding situation and i didn't know for sure if i was going to get a bed couch recliner floor I, and I was, honestly we're going to a music festival where there's going to be a lot of fun to be had. And I, You're accepting anything. most nights when I come yeah. back, I'm just sleeping is a luxury. Yeah. yeah it's I'm not just a hoping to get a roof. Like if I can get a roof and a pillow, right. I'm good. So I bring at least a pillow. So I'm covered there. <laughs> you don't and bring a roof. It's, it's easy. I forget my pillows a lot of times. Like I feel like it's so easy to forget it. Cause you just think like, I never forget my phone charger. Cause that's always first thing when I'm leaving, I'm like, all right, got my charger, got my toothbrush. I got my stuff. I don't think got my pillow. And then like I get an hour down the road and I start thinking, man, all right, I might take a nap. Where's my pillow? Son of a gun. It's sitting right there by the hotel pillow. Just sitting there. I always forget pillows. Oh, and, they, and so you get friends to like maybe grab your pillow. I, I know. I think I got a, gra- a friend to grab it, but I don't know when I'm going to get it. Because a lot of times, like when I come back to Texture Canada, I'm staying with them. My first thought's not. Oh, hey, let me get my pillow. It's like, let's go grab a drink or let's go get some dinner. And so I don't know. I, I don't know yeah. if I'll ever see that pillow again. Rest in peace to the pillow I, I left in Gulf Shores. I think you're a little knuckle. I mean, that's kind of silly to take a pillow vacation, I think. For I real? 
I agree. I mean, well, I go on a lot of vacations where there's multiple people staying in the hotel room, and I don't know where if I'm going to get the bed or not. So at least I make sure I got my pillow. That's I guess all that I need. is that's bachelor man life, Dad. We don't know anything about that. Well, so. I guess not. But LJ, you would think if if you don't get a bed, if you're going to a vacation with a bunch of people and you don't get a bed, surely they'll spare a pillow. I mean, <laughs> well, just God. in case well, they don't, no. I have my own. Just in case, like so. What happens? I've is, had some twenty-something friends before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, what happens is that it's not. You're it's happy not a for thing. A can of old Milwaukee and a kiss on the forehead. That's, that's <laughs> all you get. <laughs> okay. All right. well, see, what happens is that it's not bad. Bad friends like they don't they don't give you a pillow what happens is all of a sudden everyone's just kind of passed out and now all the pillows are in use and it's <laughs> yeah, either go true. be it's either go wake someone up to go get a pillow or go oh well i have my own pillow i'll just grab a blanket yep and there we go i'm i'm yep. good to roll i'm i can sleep on this couch and yep. i slept great i slept on actually the patio of the place we were staying it was on the beach i heard that waves crash in had a, a pillow for hey. my head it was it was a great that sleep. It right. was a very good sleep. Yeah, but you and I had phone. a pillow. Yeah, but now nah, don't. I, yeah, I've left that pillow. So, <laughs> wow. Got to go to the store got, and get a brush and a pillow. I got Christmas present ideas for both of you now. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, of you know, we were a gross of pillows <laughs> and a gross of toothbrush. You have to get the apartment next door upstairs to hold his pillow. <laughs> Speaking of toothbrushes, weren't you saying? Was there something about you having an issue with things being stuck in your teeth or something? What, what, what was this? Well, you, were, you, were I, you know, up to us? yes, yes. I have a, I have a little thing. I mean, my teeth are, you know, I've had braces. My teeth are re- reasonably straight, but there's still a little cracks and crevices that things get caught sure. in, you know. And no straight hands, and it was but, worse before. Yeah. But, but yeah, you can get stuff caught in your teeth. So, so the other day, as I'm as I'm wont to do, I come home and I fix me a little sandwich wrap. I, I, you know, I've gotten to where I'm trying to cut carbs. So I use these little, you know, low carb wraps and stuff like that. And I'm a big deal. I like a little, you know, a little mayonnaise, a little sandwich, lunch meat. And I use pico de gallo. I use pico because it's got a little onions, a little tomatoes, you know, it also happens to have a little thing called cilantro, which is kind of a leafy, a leafy little green. uh, What do you call it? So cilantro, cilantro, yeah, cilantro, I, I say cilantro, yeah. yeah, cilantro. What I, do you call the little uh, green peppers that you put in like salsa? Jalapenos. Okay, you I, you have some Not, jalapeno. I don't call them jalapenos. Life, but, yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> all right, you're 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 confusing me. So yeah. as I, I as I want to do, I I come home and I and I fix my little my little wrap. I have a little turkey. I'm kind of a fan of the bird, so I'm more into the poultry part. So I put a little turkey <laughs> on there, a little mayonnaise, a little cheese, a little pico with cilantro on it. So I have my little wrap and I go back to work and I work all afternoon. I come home after work and I go in the in the bathroom and I look in the mirror and I have got a green piece of cilantro over my whole front right tooth. I mean, over the whole damn thing. I mean, it's like I'm missing a tooth, you know. And and I'm telling you, you guys know I keep toothpicks in my truck all the time. I mean, I'm a little bit, uh, what would be the word, anal about checking my teeth after I eat. But obviously, I didn't check it. I mean, I get home at 530 in the afternoon, and there's so a piece day, of cilantro. All day, all this piece of cilantro day. is all day from lunch, from lunch on the whole afternoon. Now, my only saving grace was I believe all I did was work in my office, head down at the computer, working. <laughs> I don't grinding. think anybody's lift doing work. 
It was it was <laughs> lift grinding. I don't think anybody saw me, but oh my God, I hate don't you hate when you see someone else with a big piece of cilantro on their teeth? Yeah. I mean, do you tell them? Yes. Do you not? You right. tell them. You have to tell them. Well, but I was just I, you, I mean, unless it's somebody you don't like or don't know very well, no, you know, it depends maybe, on whether but, it, it would embarrass them more or less to know that it's from you to me. Like if it, it's like, um, like high schoolers I work with all have like egos, right? And so if like some thirty-year-old dude tells them like, "Hey, you got something in your teeth," like I think that might be a little bit more heartbreaking if they were doing nothing else throughout the day. Like if they're going on to another class, like yeah, let them know. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, what so what do you do? Do you whisper? Do you tell some other friend to go say, "Hey, tell Joe he's got crap in his that teeth"? That tends or, I mean, to be a better solution to me. Yeah, yeah. But I, like, I try to politely. I try to politely, and I know the listeners can't see this. I try to politely go, uh, you know, like that or something. He uh, like he that. put his finger to his teeth and kind of pointed. Yeah, I kind of point to my teeth. Yeah. You know, it's like if you get something on your lip or Think something, so. or if you get something hanging in your mouth. Yeah. I just kind of, you know, when I catch your attention, I'll go kind of like just point to that area. And hopefully you'll get the idea. You know, okay, so that, that reminds like the one of the most awkward situations is like sometimes I'll just like scratch my beard or something like that, and then like like oh that felt nice, I'll scratch again, and then someone thinks I'm hinting something at them. They'll like try to wipe their face. It's like no no no, I, like, that's just an awkward <laughs> no, situation that comes up a lot. So I think all in all, I, I think you should probably try to tell someone. I think I'm with you, Dad. Like if someone's got something stuck in their teeth. I, Try and I get what LJ's like, saying, especially like if I'm a high schooler, I'd rather my friend tell me than my teacher tell me yeah. something stuck in my teeth. Yeah, I'd rather my homeboy be well, like, "Hey, get that uh, get that cilantro out of your teeth." <laughs> hey, if I have cilantro covering one whole tooth well, in see, my that's head, ball game. Once you get to that point, that, yeah, I mean, anybody. See, they actually maybe so, they thought I was missing a tooth. That's, I what, don't yeah, know. that's what I think. I think they thought, man, Lifford must have had a weekend. Did he trip and fall and lose a tooth or something? That's <laughs> and they were wanting to be kind. They were just and they didn't want to, to tell you how noticeable it was that you lost that tooth. I mean, just, <laughs> yeah, because oh. you're just grinning at everybody. <laughs> So you get home in the afternoon and you realize that's been on there since lunch. Yep. Oh my god, that was that was a horrible thing. What do you sorry, what do you think's the most Dad. like the most likely or the food that gets stuck in your teeth the most? Like is is cilantro number one? What I got an answer. I I know the answer. G- give me your answer, L. I mean popcorn. The little kernels, the little sheets. They get stuck yeah, in my teeth. Like yeah, I yeah. get two per times I eat popcorn. So like that's. Insanity compared to every other food in the broccoli, world. Broccoli, broccoli's a pretty bad culprit. You'll That's get some little bad, it's you know, bad pieces yeah. in there. Well, and I like fresh ground pepper sometimes, like on a salad yeah. or something. And you get some like fresh ground pepper that are big. You can get pepper all That's in your true. teeth. You know the candies are like some sweets that are are terrible for your teeth. Almost you almost feel like you have to brush your teeth after Butterfingers. They get stuck in every crevice of your teeth. Yes. And then an yes, Oreo. If you ever eat Oreos, they get stuck in your gums and teeth. Like your teeth get kind of, there's yeah, black marks. I always true. feel like and I'm self-conscious like your spit, about Oreos. Cheetos, your spit Cheetos. Like, oh, Cheetos don't bother me, but. Yeah. But like your spit turns no, Cheetos black don't. with the Oreos. Ah, Speaking of Cheetos, yeah. Dad, if you're eating Cheetos, do you lick your fingers afterward or no? Um, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes I'll lick my Cheetos? fingers. If I've been working on the lawnmower or something, I don't. But, you know, if I, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I'll sometimes lick my fingers. Sometimes that's the, uh, a great part about she does is getting you know. The, okay, so fingers after if you're like at home alone. This is just a little fact I know that uh, Doritos apparently, and I'll just I'll have to look it up and make sure this is true, but I'll put it in the podcast anyway. Apparently, Doritos found out how to make their exact flavor, but without the little granules that get all over your fingers. And uh, they tested it with audiences, and people didn't like it because they see licking their fingers when they eat Doritos as part of the experience, and so they never made them. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I like part of uh, eating Cheetos is like 
after you get done, you know, you get to lick, lick your finger. I mean, I don't want to sit there and just like out in front of God and everybody just be yeah. like, like licking my fingers down, but you know, I might, you know, like look around if I'm just at my desk, you know, lick my fingers. Then you know, get some one other y'all, you reminded me of this one potato chip. I guess you would call it that. I used to really like okay. was Funyuns, but if you eat Funyuns, Hope you, got you ain't getting close <laughs> to anybody anytime soon because your breath be stinking. Talk it's about bad. Speaking of, we were mentioning road trips earlier. That's if you go to the gas station don't, and you're going to get a snack and you're riding with some other people, don't get yeah. Funyuns. Like, don't just, get Funyuns. <laughs> they're terrible. Yeah, unless God, they got, taste great. If you do, Ooh, and if you bad. are going to get Funyuns, get a, get a pack of gum with them too, or something. Get some Tic Tacs. <laughs> That's right. Totally agree. All right, another group that probably doesn't need to get Funyuns since I don't know if they brush their teeth. We got to get into some Game of Thrones. Yeah. All right. All right. Season finale has wrapped up. Season eight's done. The series is done. It's over. Uh, I I guess I just kind of want to just go straight to to you, Pops. Uh, what were your thoughts when the season ended? What What were your What were your thoughts? You know, I don't I don't want to be a, a, a hater on, on the show or hey. or anything like that. But it, I was disappointed. Go ahead and I was, I was I was less than <laughs> enthused with the end. I thought the way that um, you know I, I I had too much invested in Danny for her to be. I, I just didn't didn't buy that her character was what they made it to be. I didn't really like her demise, how it happened. I I just didn't like that. Um, I didn't like how Gray Worm turned out, you know, and I, I know he was sad about Masande and and all that. Maybe um, John. I, what what did John? What what did John wind up doing? Did he he just went to live with Tormund in the north yeah, with the I wildlings? Think so. I think he's kind of he's, the, he's the leader of the wall and the king of the free folk, kind of. I think. Well, I you don't need a Night Watch anymore. Yeah, but you don't need the a Mass Raider. Yeah, so he just went to be in the north. Um, I, you know, I don't know. There's a lot. Bring up anything in specific, but mm-hmm. I didn't. I, I was less than enthused with the end. Well, I, so I have a question about. So why didn't you like what uh, happened with Grey Worm? I actually felt like that was one of the few really believable uh, character arcs in the show. What didn't you like about it? Well, just like when John saw him out there and the guys were on their knees, they had obviously surrendered. And he's, you know, he said, wait, they've surrendered. He goes, no, they're still breathing. So they're still a threat to the, we got to kill the queen's enemies while they're still breathing. And I mean, he's over just slitting throats left and right, yeah. just whatever. So yeah, I guess LJ, I, I do hear your point because I did think about it more and he saw the love of his life, you know, beheaded by yeah. Cersei and those people, but it wasn't those guys' fault. I don't know. It well, just, yeah, but it I just do think LJ, turn. and maybe don't. this is kind of what LJ's saying, but I did feel like there was a cool, it was neat, not cool because it kind of sucked to see, but I think oh, it was neat how, it was neat to see how when Grey Worm first started, he was just this mindless soldier. And that's yeah. how they created the Unsullied, to just be a mindless killer. And when he met Daenerys and, and Masande, they kind of helped him find his human, like humanize him. His and human kind of make side. Him realize, yeah. yeah, like I, I can feel and make decisions, not just by a mindless killer. And then by what he experienced and what went through, he kind of reverted back to his old ways. And I think like LJ saying, well, and, and I actually think he never lost it. I think one of the things to keep in mind is that he spent his entire life as a slave and was turned into a psychotic killing machine to the point that one of the trainings for the unsullied is they have to go pay a slave owner for a mom's newborn baby and kill that baby in front of the mom. Like, all of his entire training was about becoming a psychopath with no morals or anything like that. 
And so all of the things that we thought about Grey Worm doing that were good was because he had a good queen to follow. And as soon as his queen turns to not be good anymore, so does he. Why would he skip a beat? He would never, because that's all he's ever done is done exactly what his queen wanted from him. And uh, and then you add in the fury of the one thing that humanized him being gone, then yeah, how could you ever expect him to try to do the right thing or the kind thing or the caring thing? He would just, that, that was one of the few things in the whole LJ, uh, last season that I that really That makes liked. sense uh, what you're saying. It really does. Sure. On piggybacking off what Dad said, what were your thoughts about uh, Daenerys's arc and kind of how Danny died and that that part of the finale? So, so like my thoughts were, I I hated how quickly the turn to evil was for her. Yeah, um, it seemed. To I rush. feel like yes. there was a lot of character development that could have led to that, and there's also a few things that they could have done. I was actually talking to a writer friend of mine, and he said he could have fixed it with three lines. And when they're throwing uh, Messande's collar into the fire than if uh gray worm would have said dracaris and then daenerys would have said dracaris then i think we would have gotten why that they felt the way that they did but instead they just kind of had this moment of like we're gonna miss her but she's gone let's think you know like they they expressed it as let's think forward let's not think about the losses and uh and so then we never had this reason to believe that she is the worst and uh yeah and good well, now wait this what is dracaris i'm sorry what is what uh, is dracaris? That's the one that she used to tell her dragons to shoot fire it's Valerian oh, okay that one fire. yeah and it's what masande okay. said yes. right before like they gave her a, here's your like cersei was like say your last words and she just said dracaris right yeah and then the other thing is if that would have happened Bernice in the same episode in as daenerys's turn that also would have made sense now getting to the things that happened in the last episode I actually think her ending was the only one that made sense with the wall that they had written themselves into. I think that that was like, had they not had John kill her, then I don't think I would have been okay with any other ending. I'm not saying I liked it, but I'm just saying that it, it was the only one that made sense at that point to me from then on. So she had um, to die. I think she absolutely. had to die. But then the dragon not killing John, that seemed a little See, odd. I, right? I love that scene where it. Yeah. And maybe I'm maybe I'm giving Weiss and Benioff too much credit, but it seemed like the dragon kind of had a moment where it realized it's not John that killed Danny. It was the chair. It was her. It was her passion it was for the chair. the chair. And so the dragon. And there's a. And I think this is in the books. And I know they kind of mentioned with the direwolves, but I don't know if they always connected it with dragons. But just the same way the direwolves have a mind connection with the Starks, the dragons have a mind connection. There's a real connection there, and they kind of. They can almost tell the dragon where to go without saying a word because there's a connection. So I think the dragon knew that Daenerys' goal was to, you know, break the wheel. And the dragon was going, the wheel is this this damn chair yeah. is what makes everyone crazy. When you also and look so at like... The dragon kind of carried out what Danny really set to do at the beginning. You also look okay. at like what... what- this dragon, it, you know, we have no idea what level of sentience they have and how much like understanding of metaphors they have. Of course, but uh, you have to imagine that if it know if it can recognize that that chair means something, which it showed that it did, then it knows that people didn't kill its two brothers and its mother, but this chair did. Everything that this, uh, everything that caused death in Drogon's life was for the pursuit of this particular chair. Of that chair, yeah, which so, he destroyed, which, which he, he destroyed, totally which he destroyed. destroyed to make it yeah. uh, handicap accessible for uh, Brand the Broken. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe the dragon maybe the dragon just knew that Bran didn't need a chair because he already has one. So Can that, say, that could have been. Uh, so Bran has to be the big bad guy, and we're just never going to see the resolution of this because this dude caused basically all of the last season to happen. He made every decision yeah. and was all seeing. And then when they said, 
would you be king? He was like, well, I wouldn't have come here otherwise. Like he knew this was going to happen. He was sitting there planning all of this while he was sitting there on Twitter during the, the battle of the long night. <laughs> yeah. Every decision he yeah. made about like trying to force there being tension between John and Danny, which is directly what led to Danny burning down the entirety of King's Landing was because of yeah. him doing it. And then we're supposed to like at the end, I think like we as the audience are supposed to be like, oh, well, we got one of the good guys in as the leader. But like, I think the underlying story is, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. This is way worse than anything. We're just not going to see the story is what I think the true answer is. Well, and so that was my thought on the final episode. And so they kind of like put it into two parts. It felt like, you know, they had that (laughs) whole beginning part. And then after John killed Danny, it went black. And then then they had a third. They had had that second part where they kind of did the resolution. So I thought the first part was really cool. I, I mean, as far as where we got, they did rush the final season and things were rushed, but the scene where Danny was preaching to the Can I real quick interrupt like and that, say, one, the scene, how did Grey Worm get there before John did? Like, did John go to the convenience store on his way up there? Like, what was that all about? But go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, the scene where, just visually pleasing, the scene where Danny starts walking up and then oh, flies so behind cool. her, but like the wings spread and the wings go behind her. Like, that made a cool yeah. picture scene. It was so yeah. neat. And then her preaching to them, and and I think you it, that was really cool. And then uh, John and Tyrion's like Tyrion's conversation with her, where and I don't know, I read this on I, I was kind of fell in a, a Reddit hole, and it was really cool. One of the Reddit people, and and maybe again, they maybe they gave Weiss and Benioff too much credit, but Tyrion throwing that the hand of the king thing down. The last time someone threw the hand of the king thing down was when Ned Stark did it because. King Baratheon told him he like he ordered him to yeah. kill Danny, a That's little cool. a little a young girl who had no army, no dragons, no nothing. And Tyrion threw it down because that same girl burnt down the city. So it was like the circle that it kind of maybe yeah. brought together. Although that be if that's what they were going for, that's really neat. And then Tyrion and John's that scene where Tyrion John went to go talk to him, the different stuff they talked about about you know duty and love and mm-hmm. them I, I, that was playing a, back to Amon. Yeah, oh. I mean there was so and Tyrion Peter Dinklage he was great throughout this entire series, but that scene just can I say. I turned to Hannah during that scene and I said, Peter Dinklage may be one of the top American actors ever alive. And he'll also only ever be remembered with a British accent because (laughs) this is the best role he will maybe ever have. And maybe will ever be written for, uh, you know, someone of his stature, but also just one of the best roles ever written period. And then when he went to go, when John went to go kill Danny, I did, I don't know about you guys, but did you guys think for a second that he was about to just go along with her? Like when he was like, you're my queen now and always. For a second, they kind of had me. I got really confused when he pulled his hand down. Well, he was asking questions. I thought he was not sure what he was going in there to do. And he was, I remember him suggesting mercy for Tyrion, and she wasn't having any of that. And it seemed like he asked her something else. She wasn't having any of that. So I think, I think then he had made up his mind. She's got, she's got to go and I've got to do it. But I do think it was hard for him because I think he truly loved her uh, on some level. And, and that's what had to happen. But I, I think he didn't know when he went in the room that's what he was going to do. Yeah. That was no. The I, way I, I think he knew. It. I I think he like Tyrion talked him into this is a this might be a thing, and if she needs to die, I, and I do think it was right for like LJ said, John to be the one because I don't know who else actually really can kill her because the dragon like when John walked up, like Drogon looked at John was like, oh no, you're cool, like let him get the pass. I don't, if Arya or, you know, someone else comes up there, I don't know if they get yeah. just to walk straight up. And then who else is getting that close to Danny and that 
able to put a knife in her heart like that. I just don't know. And then, so I thought that was fair. I liked the scene, but I just didn't understand. So it went black. And then after that, like they didn't really explain. I, I guess it was it was at least weeks after. Yeah. But we don't know how long it was after they came they back. Said, and then, they said something. I think they said weeks. Well, they but. said weeks, but we don't know. Two weeks, three weeks. Tyrion and John both had a big beard, so it had to right, be a little so while. Their time had passed, certainly. But then, so they were willing to let the person that decided who was king, basically, was the guy that was sitting there in chains that was the prisoner, like Tyrion yeah. decided. I'd, I had a lot that of problems with that scene. But uh, yeah, I before too. we get too deep into it, I actually have one major thing I wanted to get to you guys about. Is uh, Do you guys still think the Starbucks cup was on purpose? Well, because the water bottle thing. There are two water bottles in that scene. Did you see that, Dad? I did not notice, no. Well, I only saw it because someone notes, else but... pointed it out. Someone's really paying attention. Mm-hmm. But there was like a water bottle behind. Not only did Sam Wells Harley think of democracy, but he also invented <laughs> plastic as well. Yeah. Mm. There was yeah. a little water bottle behind when us. When there was another and, one in another shot, too. And uh, I think that pretty well implies that they just miss some things because there's a lot going on on a film set. So Because they Starbucks rushed this Gate final season. Yeah, well, agreed. But I think Benioff and Weiss were already getting ready for their writing Star Wars already, and I think they didn't put as much effort <laughs> into this final season that they put into the first Six, the well, final two seasons, okay. really. Can we say the first six, though, they still had book material to go off of? Who knows if they ever right. would have been – if they would have started this from scratch, I think it would have been this good the whole time. Um, part of it is they had some of the best source material ever written in you know the history of television. Yeah. So, Literally, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm with LJ. I thought Bran being king, like <laughs> saying Bran had the best story. I mean, I guess he has all the stories yeah, because he well, has everything. But like Sansa's story is freaking awesome. Right, and let's also Arya think about has a pretty cool story. This dude who uh, who was a bastard until he went to the Night's Watch, was murdered, brought back to life, won his castle back for his family, found out that he John wasn't a John has a pretty bastard. damn cool his story. story. way cooler. I mean, no offense to Bran. Yeah. He was a guy that got thrown out of a window and then walked a thousand miles. Like, that's pretty dope. But – um, there's a lot of great stories in Westeros. Like that, he doesn't have just clear out the best one. Edmure's story is not bad. Yeah, and then, Honestly, Edmure, who gets laughed at for even standing up, has a pretty great story. <laughs> so you know, whatever. Yeah, and then like LJ said, to to nominate the guy that I, it does feel like in a way, and we they never ex- explained really all of the three eyed raven, so we really don't know. Like it, it almost sounds like Brant's the dickhead that started all this shit because he's the one who told about who said well, John needs to make sure to tell her about the Targaryens when he, I, and I, I would think that the, he knew what was going to happen. Right. Like right. it's also a pretty yeah. good sign that the three eyed Raven before Bran was the one that caused the mad King to go crazy. Yeah. Because there's, there's a pretty large theory that he was essentially Hodor by the uh, first three eyed Raven who told and him he was to saying, burn, them, burn, all, them, burn all. them all, burn them all. And, uh, and so then he yeah. lost his mind. So the three eyed Raven started in theory, if that's correct, every problem in all of Westeros. None of this would be a problem were it, were it not for the Three-Eyed Raven. So, And then Sansa wanted to – it was kind of neat, but also it made me think – Like, so Sansa wants to remain independent. She was like, neat, you know, yeah, the, no, the North wants to be independent. But why did – I would think as soon as she said that and it seemed like, you know, they were fine with it, I would have think at least one other person would go, oh, you know what? I, I, I would like – the Iron – the Ironborn yeah. always wanted to be independent, and they're just you know, gonna, they, they're not even going to think about it. Yara fought in this war with one condition, and that was that the Iron Islands could be independent at the end of the war with Daenerys. You're and right. Then, as soon as Daenerys is dead, she's just like, "Oh no, never mind. Don't worry about that. It's not a big deal. I didn't really care." And then the other thing is, if any nation has ever not been a dependent part, it's Dorne, 
their sigil of the Martells is unbowed, unbent, unbroken for the one reason that they never knelt to King Aegon like everybody else in the world did. And they've always held off that they're not actually a part of the Westeros nation, but they're their own little thing that just happens to play nice with them. And so Sansa says this, and neither of those two parties say, yeah, no, I'm out too. That sounds way better. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. So there was there was flaws I had with how, and I think the reason we, I, but I really wasn't like upset right after because I knew, I, I, personally, I felt like the way this whole last season was rushed, there, there just was going to be things they couldn't completely, yeah. they couldn't pl- yeah. tie they up. They couldn't resolve. Before. They just couldn't, yeah. 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 Right. And so I already was ready for that. But all in all, will this, how will this final season, final two seasons or final season and the finale, how will it impact how you think of the show as a whole, L? Oh, it definitely affects how I think of the show. I mean, it, it also definitely affects how I think of the book. It, for one, shows me honestly how great of an author George R. R. Martin actually is and how great of a world creator he is. Like, yep. It really changed my perspective. I always thought he was good, but like not Tolkien good. But seeing how his works just cannot be adapted until he's told you what to do, man, that that's impressive. And then it also, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm not going to watch the, if, if this season was different, I think I would have watched the whole series again, probably in six months when I got the itch, but now I don't think I'm going to get the itch. Like, I feel like the ending was so unsatisfying that that's what it is. Bad. I would, I would agree with LJ and, and, and what I was thinking of when he said that is the last season of Breaking Bad was tremendously better than the last season of yeah. Game of Thrones. Now, when you when you start talking about and Breaking Bad was incredible. Yeah. I mean, it was a one of the best things I've ever seen. But I would put season one through five or six of Game of Thrones against yeah. anything. But that lends to what you're saying, LJ, and that who wrote that they were going off of George, George Martin. So the last season was a little downer yeah. to me, and it probably I'm like you. I I rewatched the whole thing to get yes, ready sir. for this season, and I'm. You know, I doubt I'll rewatch it. Yeah. I don't know. I might sometime down right. the road because it was a fantastic thing. But yeah, it, it left me. It left something to be. I'll desired. definitely watch Lonesome Dove, The Wire, and Breaking Bad before I watch Game of Thrones again. Just a fact. You go. There you yep. go. I, I, all in all, I'm still gonna Game of Thrones is probably still a, a Mount Rushmore show yeah. for me. You know, I still yeah. loved it. But it was it was up there with maybe like y'all were saying maybe being my favorite show yeah. of all time and I still I'll, I'll go back and rewatch The Wire probably before I go back and yeah. rewatch Game of Thrones and that's probably because like y'all said even with how even as how great the first five to six seasons are knowing how I know it's going to turn out I just yeah. I don't know it yeah. it will impact it but it's still a really cool show some of the things they did in this final season even if the plot wasn't always great like the special effects that they were able to pull out and how amazing those old buildings and old yeah. ruins yes. look like, I mean, it, there were some things that the, the people that created this show in this final season, the designers are all geniuses. the way they had a freaking yeah. dragon fly around and look. Well, and I want to say too, is we also, crazy. we really dumped on the the show for the way that they dealt with ghosts in uh, two, two episodes ago. And, and I still think fairly so, but we also like pulled out and made fun of a quote, if I remember correctly, about how he does some really cool stuff. And we were like, yeah, what what stupid assholes would think that this was the cool way to end Ghost's story. And then they had the reunion where he actually went and like head-to-head pet Ghost and it felt like it was really sweet. So they actually, I feel bad for making so much fun of the way that they handled Ghost, even though it was still poor. It was... And Ghost was missing yeah. an ear, wasn't he? Wasn't Ghost yeah. missing an ear? You know, I yeah. thought that was, it was pretty... Yeah, yeah I thought yeah. that was cool the way they ended that. Th- there was some rumors that possibly 
they went back and reshot that. Like Kit Harrington went back and reshot that afterward. You know, honestly, after all the backlash, I don't know if that has any truth to it. I think that the the fact that one of the directors came out and said Ghost does some really cool stuff this season tells me that there's no he's either the stupidest person alive, which I think would be really hard to direct such a good show for so many years, or uh, we just didn't know the whole story yet. So I tend to believe that that. He was actually, they didn't re-edit that. It was, it was what they shot in the first place, but I could be wrong. I do too. I would, I would leave. So be. was that, was that guy, that director, the, the quote that we kind of made fun of about we didn't have enough CGI to have him pet ghost for a send-off. We thought it was a proper send-off. Was he just throwing us like, like off the scent? Yeah, he was throwing a, you a curveball. Well, maybe it was the cost of that episode too. And that's one of the things I think Hannah and I, oh, I can't remember yeah. which scene it was, but oh, Hannah and I Could were be. talking about if the CGI budget for Petting Ghost in that one scene went all to making the dragon wings behind Daenerys in that other scene that you mentioned earlier, Kevin, then I'm okay with that trade off. That was a fair trade off for me. So, yeah. Um, you know. Oh no, show was really good, but I think even there's like a, a thread on Twitter where they just compiled like all the different actors and actresses talking about it and yeah. how connected they got to these characters and to see how it kind of ended so quick and abruptly. You could tell there was it left a poor taste in some of their mouths as well. Yeah. But it the final season and final episode for a lot of things is kind of disappointing because it's hard something yeah. we love so much gone. and we build up so much. It's hard to yeah. appeal uh, please everybody. And I understand that. Now it's just gone. But all in all, the show is awesome, yeah. and I, it, it, if nothing else, it that they created a ton of content for a ton of other people because we talked about it every yeah. week for this past season. And there's the Ringer built out like a whole section of their company is yeah. for Game of Thrones, yeah. and yeah. and they're, they're, yeah. like we talked about with Reddit, there's some awesome. There, hell, the uh, there's podcasts built. I don't know what there's a few podcasts. I don't know what they're supposed to do now. Like they were a Game of Thrones yeah. podcast. They were Ga- Game they, of Thrones. Yeah. Period. Yeah, well, I don't know, what start so I don't know how that happens now. The question is so now. I heard George R. R. Martin say that there's five prequels that have been optioned, so they're going to make a pilot for and see which of them look good. And then uh, he's also still got two books to write, minimum, plus his other tertiary books. Like, there's the world of uh, Song of Ice and Fire is still very rich. So I think these podcasts will still be fine. And I think, like, the, yeah. the Ringer will still be fine because people will still be interested when the next book comes out. I guarantee you that the next book sells better than the previous I'm ready, three yeah. books did. So. I'm ready to read the books, I think. I really want to yeah. go back and read the books. And hell, by the time I finish, maybe George R. R. Martin's got a new book for for me to finish. Uh, I will so. tell you, as as someone who's lived a little bit of that, don't keep get your hopes up. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, I think there's a lot of people out there that'll tell you don't get your hopes up because they've yeah. been waiting, what, I think it's been like eight or nine years since the last book. Or well, and long. George Martin's getting a little yeah. long in the tooth, isn't he? I yes. mean, he's yeah. he's getting up there a little and bit. He's if he's going to write a book, a he needs to do it. He's got of projects. He's got, so, he's got five prequels he's working on, plus another HBO show that's unrelated altogether. Plus, they just announced today that him and, uh, I don't know if you guys know Miyazaki, who's the, one of the greatest Japanese uh, movie makers of all time. They're making an open-world video game together. So, um, yeah. He's a busy man. He might not ever finish those books. Yeah, and, books and, and also, and also, he's a Giants fan, so that's taking years off his life as well. So, <laughs> yeah, there you <laughs> go. We should have known. You know, one one is named after Phil Sims. Really? What? Yeah, one one is named after Phil Sims, the big giant. Well, how, I mean, whoa! Yeah. How do you mean one one eleven? Well, because his number is eleven, and George R. R. Martin, as a Giants fan, has always loved Phil Sims, so he named a giant after him. Is also there in the books? There's a character named I think like Bill Bellick 
or something like that, who's like this like uh, scrappy guy that like finds success even though he shouldn't. He doesn't deserve it. It's not Bill Belichick because that's too close to the Ravens, but it's something like Bill Belichick. And uh, he gets too much success too quickly, and then I think he gets like eaten by crows or something like that. Like it's he, he dies a very miserable death. So. Well, what was the deal with the? Uh, we talked about it briefly. The head of the Golden Company, Harry. Johnson or whatever the hell is not. I yeah. mean, where that Harry Strickland? Yeah, where did that name come from? I mean, that does not fit with any of the names in the whole damn thing. I'm pretty sure that's not a name in the books either. I don't know where that came from. Harry so. Strickland. I mean, what the yeah, hell? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's um, the the most American name I've heard in a fantasy series ever. I wonder what happened. So right before the season, I guess we should have known that Bram was going to be the king because. Right before the season, I think Vegas put him at minus four hundred odds to sit on the I iron know, throne. Yeah. But yeah. I wonder, do they will the fans actually get paid for that? Because he's not going to sit on the Iron Throne because the Iron Throne is no longer yeah. there. Yeah. I don't know how that works. We might need to we might need I'm to sure uh, I think it's figurative. Yes, he sits on the Iron Throne. You gotta win that bet. You well, know, it's good of Danny to burn down the whole city to build ramps instead of staircases everywhere too. That's yeah, well, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't armchair. I mean, it wasn't wheelchair accessible before. So now we can build it back. One other accessible. just tiny complaint: there's no way that that ink didn't smudge when Brienne was writing in the. Book. I know. Like, I thought about that too. It's a fountain <laughs> yeah. pen. There's no way yeah. you got to leave that she has open. To blow on it and give it a second. Like yeah. this is not. Should it not have pissed Brienne off a little bit? So he's about to get called the king, and 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 the best nickname they could give the king is Bran the Broken. Yeah, no, I kind of a shitty nickname. He also then in the books he calls himself Broken a lot. Oh, okay. Well, and then of all people, his sister. As soon as they were like, Bran could be king, and his sister's like, "Well, his junk doesn't really work. I mean, he's not going to have a kid or anything." So it's like, dude, Sansa, chill. Sure. Well, we were talking about how like uh, those two groups also should have backed out when the North did, but also everybody when the North gets their guy in charge of everybody is like, no, even we don't want to be there. Like, I'm pretty sure that if I'm like a Riverland citizen, I'm not cool with it either. Like, that sounds a pretty bad deal to me. Before we we head out for this week on this podcast, let's we haven't done a what we're listening to for a while because we've been in with Game of Thrones, and I don't. Have a big spill for you, but I did, I did, I do have one. As I was at the Hangout Festival this week, I just kind of stumbled upon this band that really there wasn't a ton around, a ton of people around, but they were just jamming. And it's they go by the name Red Gold Green, but they don't they spell it they spell it R D G L D G R N. So it's kind of oh, like they shorten familiar. each one. And so well, that does you sound familiar. Actually, you might have heard of them, LJ, because I listened to them and thought while they were playing, they were just jamming. And then I looked them up. They have a Tiny Desk concert, too. And the Tiny Desk concert okay. is really right. cool. Noted. And so that's that's who my what we're listed. It's, it's a weird, like, uh, it's almost like an indie rock, but mixed with a little bit of, like, hip-hop, too. Because they're just a cool band. And it also was a, a weird group of people. Yeah, like they just didn't look like – you wouldn't think with walking down the street, you wouldn't think those guys are all friends. Into it. And – they made a really cool band, and they're, they're cool. So that's my what we're listening to. Uh, I don't know if y'all guys had anything, because we didn't talk about this before, but LJ, do you have one? Um, I'll throw out a couple things. So first off, I've been in a, in a search to find my next HBO show, and while you guys have still got HBO Prime or HBO Now or HBO Go or whatever, um, fans, watch Sharp Objects because it's worth your time. It's really well sound designed. The theme changes every week. And also, like it's, it's true detective good, and it, the book – uh, that it's based on was written by the same author that wrote Gone Girl. I mean, it's just, it's worth watching. It is so good. 
And then for sharp objects. Yes. And then for actual music, I'm going to throw back to, I think our first, what we're listening to, I have been listening, Kevin, to Run the Jewels 3 nonstop for days now. Hey! So, um, yeah. They're yep. good. Good stuff. Killer Mike, yep, yep, baby. Yep. <laughs> hmm. So, Pops, do you have anybody? I know we kind of sprung well, this on you. Do you have anyone this week? Yeah, you did. But since you brought it up, we were out playing cards at the river this weekend. It was raining, so we sat under the deck and played our new golf game that we talked about, LJ, that yeah. we've learned to gamble at so well. Um, and Marla... Randy's mom wanted to hear some Doobie Brothers. Oh, so we played some okay. Doobie Brothers, and that was good. Listen to the music, Blackwater. Yeah. Uh, really good. Just put on the Doobies and Fantastic. had a good time. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, that'll wrap us up for another week of the Just Press Play pod. Uh, as always, make sure you, if you're not already, subscribe and, and download and list our episodes. And uh, if you have any comments for us, you can hit us up on Facebook or Twitter, or you can hit us up on our website at justpressplaypod.com. There we post every single episode, and then we have show notes for episodes. If you ever want to kind of reference back to something we talk about, yeah. there's a good chance there might be a video. There's or, always a video. Or a tiny desk concert. There, yeah. You never know what you can find on there. So, uh Just uh, let us know what you think, and uh, we'll catch you again next week for another episode. Peace out. Peace. Peace.